Hello, everybody. Here we are, R&R. Rick, good to see you this morning. Good to see you. It's good to be together. Uh, this is just a tremendous time, kind of a wild time in the earth right now. Lots of crazy things going on. But uh, we're here. We've been doing these podcasts, uh, just really visiting around the issues of uh, law enforcement, uh, what's happening in the earth, uh, but to really try to be an encouragement to men and women who do this great job every single day of their lives, uh, willing to sacrifice everything. And uh, man, I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to share and just talk about today, hang out a little bit. Hey, sip That's a little coffee. coffee. There. Yeah. there you go. Cheers to you. Cheers to yeah. you. Thank you. So I, I'm really excited uh, because, like I said in the last uh, podcast, is, is the response that we're getting, that we're seeing and that we're hearing. And it's because, you know, many officers and their families are responding to the messages that are within these uh, discussions. And I think uh, the consistent theme I keep hearing from our officers is that they're when times like these are so rough and challenging, right? The most challenging we've ever seen. I talked to retired officers who, oh, re- you know, went back 40, 50 years in law enforcement, and they say, without a doubt, it's never been like this. And so, I think the silver lining in that is that our officers are seeing that when times are at their worst, um, they quickly realize that where they were seeking value from the world, if you will, they see that it's not there to be found. And so it leaves them wondering, what is this really all about? And I think what officers, spouses, children of officers, even just residents in our community are seeing is that there is something bigger out there than uh, just what's in front of us. And when we can get dialed into that, it it, uh, gives some kind of meaning to the challenges that we're facing. And, and, and I know that in my conversations with many officers, the challenges that they're facing and that we're facing today in life can leave you feeling like they're insurmountable, like it's just bigger than anything that we can overcome. The depth of the attack today is deeper than I've ever seen it, deeper than any officer has ever communicated to me they've experienced. Now they're saying, I I don't know what to do. Um, over the years, which I'm sure you're well aware of that too, more than me, uh, there was a great respect, even if somebody didn't necessarily love the fact that a law enforcement officer was on the scene or had to arrive at their, you know, at their worst moment, there was still an overall respect and honor uh, for doing the job, right? Even among media, even among people who... Um, who today we know are on an absolute vicious attack against officers and now even their families. Uh, Worse and in ways we never imagined that would happen. That goes to the deepest level, the core level of a human being's existence and that's the spirit. When you start wounding and attacking the spirit of a person, they find themselves in a place where they don't know what to do. You can get emotionally hard. You can get physically hard. 
both of which our officers do. Our officers do, and they have to, in some respect, to do the job. Mm-hmm. When you see what you see every single day, you deal with death, you deal with what other humans do to other humans every day, there has to be a certain amount of uh, hardness that comes just to be able to emotionally deal with all the things that you see and do. But when you attack the spirit of a person who already sacrifices so much and you go to that deep level, if there's not something there to fortify and strengthen that spirit within that warrior, that warrior's going to break. Well, and, and that's where I want to really <clears throat> encourage our officers, right? Because I've uh, been having the opportunity lately to talk to more and more in larger groups, you know, now that, you know, things are changing and at least transitioning back a little bit to where we can get back together some. Um, it's given the opportunity just to, rem- to remind our officers that, listen, again, when things seem to be at their worst, it's going to strip you down and it's going to reveal what you're made out of, right? right? And like you were just saying, <clears throat> it'll ultimately uh, dig down into the spirit. Well, what's good in that is it'll reveal where you are in your spirit life. That's right. right? That's right good, bad, or indifferent, it's going to reveal it. And I think the here again, the positives that can come out of this is that our, is that our law enforcement profession can really drive back in and root themselves back into really what brought them to this point to begin with in the profession. That's right. right? Officers are sometimes surprised when they learn, uh, just like we were talking about in the last podcast coming into this one, um, that uh you know the 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 word of god tells us that they are chosen they're chosen for this they're called to it they're called and chosen and that's and that's what you know we were talking about which is you know our officers often will tell you that they were called to this profession we ask them who is it that does the calling and but what we really left off with last time is when officers are being told who they are, what they are, what they do, and especially when it doesn't align with what they know the facts are, uh, I just always encourage them to really ask this question, according to who? Yeah. And if you drive back into what people say about me, my sisters and brothers in law enforcement, my family, what we do, yeah, but according to who? And when you start looking at who is saying what, you quickly see that what is most important is that the creator of everything that exists called you to do this, not job, but calling. Called you to fulfill this calling upon your life. Um, There's a a security in that because it, it plants you back into the middle of the truth about who you are and why you do what you do. Well, it's the bedrock. There you go. It's the bedrock. You know, if you're going to build a house, you don't want to build it on sand. Actually, there's even a story in the Bible That's where right. Jesus says, you know, there's a man that built his house upon uh, the rock and one that built his house upon the sand. Both built houses. Both did the same. Pro- they were both house builders. They knew how to do it. However, one established the foundation and, and found bedrock, right, for his foundation. The other built his on the sand. Uh, During peaceful times when everything's perfect and wonderful, both houses stood. The one that remained 
after the storm and during the storm, and there are going to be storms of life, and oh my. Are we in the storm now? Are we in the storm now? The one that remained was the one that was built upon the rock. So you have to go to the core of your belief system and your faith and understand that if it's not founded on the rock, which again, one of Jesus's titles is uh, the rock of your salvation. If you don't go to the core rock foundation of your life, or if you go there and you find that it's just shifting, sifting sand, right? You just kind of, well, whatever somebody else says, you kind of shift that direction. That's what sand does. It's little pieces of glass almost or little tiny pebbles and and it shifts. It can shift with the wind. It can shift with the tide. It just moves in and out. Yeah, let me speak to that for a moment because, you know, I I see it all the time. I've lived it, right? Uh, Many of our officers, right, they they get they finally get their legs up underneath them in the job that they're doing. They start to build some level (laughs) of confidence. They also start to get some kind of a steady stream of income and whatnot and then we quickly see officers start to say hey you know they judge their their existence and their success in life right or family life based on the uh the toys they can obtain and the great vacations they want to take and you know um you know i see it all the time i see guys that over leverage themselves and buying the latest greatest you know truck and uh with the lift kit in it and you know they got the um they got uh, the motorcycle in the garage they've got the home that they uh, really cannot afford um they're uh they're working more part-time off-duty employment trying to make it all come together and 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 what they eventually realize is try as you might this world doesn't have can't offer you the things that are going to truly satisfy your soul. And when I see officers have, right. I'm good. And I, I keep talking about officers. I'll just, what I found myself is the more that I poured the worldly things in trying to fill this hole in my being, yeah. right. Uh, to fill that sense of satisfaction, if you will, in, in life value, um, what it is that I'm here for. Um, you find that it's, you, you're just pouring into, uh, a vessel that will remain empty until you start filling it with this stable, stable thing, right? Which is, right. again, what we're talking about here, right? A biblical perspective on policing, and quite frankly, unapologetic about it. Absolutely. That, a, that we want to take the opportunity to point the peacekeepers to the Prince of Peace, the one who this whole this whole book, the Bible, is all about who the Bible spends time telling you, you know, um, what's coming, who's coming. Right. Uh, then it tells you that he's here. Then it tells you that he's coming back. And what do you do in preparation before that? A lot, when we talk about officers being called and chosen, see a lot of times officers who are maybe young officers fresh on, or maybe a hardened officer who has seen so many things, have they have difficulty wrapping their heart around that because they, they didn't have this big light that came shining into their bedroom and, and a voice or angel choir singing. And so they, 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 they look at those type things as, well, I didn't have that. 
Yet you and I have talked many times about that deep inner voice that they knew uh, that this was what I was supposed to do. You know, Moses in the Bible, Exodus, he led God's children, Israel, out of, out of Egypt, out of slavery. He had a burning bush experience, right? He had an epiphany. I mean, when you look at a bush, it's burning, yet it's not burning up, but it's on fire and a voice speaks to you. Uh, that's a pretty cool deal. It's you, on fire and not being consumed. Yeah. You right? and, we would probably put that in our diary, I'm pretty sure. Make a note somewhere Make a note. on our iPad or our phone. I saw a bush burn today. It didn't. It wasn't consumed. It was, yeah, that's something that, as an officer, you get put in the CAD, right? Yeah, you mark the run. That's right. You mark that <laughs> run quick. Uh, that's, that's a story to be told uh, at, sitting around the table for sure at, uh, at your officer breakfast meeting. But he, some officers that I've spoken to, they've had moments like that. They knew they were called and chosen to do what they do. Sure. Because they had a moment where they, they'll tell you, it, it's like a voice from inside of me said, you have to do this. Now they battle, well, I was told I had to do this, but, but really to see all these things and deal with all this stuff all the time, you got to get back to that. Here's, here's what I find. Many times officers forget that they were called. They forget that as they move along the way in their career. You got to get back to that. That voice was the foundation. That's back what got to it started. Back to basics. Why do you do what you do? What made you do that? What was the first thing that you said at the academy or your entry going into the academy that you wanted to be an officer for? All the things that that involves moving forward can alter or change the eye of why you said you wanted to do what you started out doing. There's another guy in the Bible. His name was Jeremiah. He was called, called from birth, actually. God speaks in Jeremiah chapter 1. He says that's a, you know, Jeremiah was a prophet. That's an Old Testament. It's a book and the whole book's written about him. And God says to him, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And then he says, uh, I picked you while you were in her womb. And then he says, I ordained you, or another way to say that is I called and chose you to be a prophet to Israel while you were still in her womb. Some officers, they're born, their parents will tell you that kid was going to be a cop from day one. Right. In diapers. Mm -hmm. he, he was, you could just tell, in diapers, this child was going to be a cop. That's called and chosen. So... Uh, you know, take take that example right there. You said that that the word says that God knew them before they were formed. And mm -hmm. see, I think this is the key point, right? That sometimes officers lose sight of is that that really speaks and affirms the fact that we are spirit beings. Oh yeah, we were a spirit and created by the Creator, and then placed into right yep. this bodily form. For the purpose of carrying out the calling that the Creator put on our spirit to walk out in this earthly realm. Is that fair? That's fair. And it gives you peace, and it also gives you 
great strength because when times are bad, ugly, mean, worse than we've ever seen, you can go back to that when you ask yourself, why am I doing this? That's right. I can tell you why I'm doing it. God called. There's no more confidence in a man or woman Mm -hmm. than to say, God called me. That's enough. That's right. God called me to do what I'm doing. Therefore, if God called me, he has to be the one I trust to anoint me, empower me, is another great word, to do what I'm doing, especially under deep adverse circumstances. Well, and that's why officers need to know if God called you, he's going to equip you you with everything that you need to walk this calling out and fulfill um, what he needs you to do here. And, 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 you know, and, and I talk to officers about this too, even whether you're a believer or you're, or you're not in, in, in the, in the pit of every officer, they know that there is something that has drawn them to this, to do this job. That's right. Because listen, most people understand outside of that, it is completely irrational for a human being to do the things that officers do risking their lives for people that they don't even know. And most people can get, well, I would risk my life for my child. I would risk my mm-hmm. life for a family for, member. Yeah, or even Somebody a deep I care, friend. Keep, right. d- care deeply for. Yeah. But most folks would never consider not only risking their life, but willingly laying down their life for people that they don't even know. That's right. Or even for the cause of something, the cause of peace, justice, um, uh, sanctity of life of others in in their community. It's just not inherently within them. But there is this group of folks that it is inherently within. And um, there's something to be said for that. But I think it's important for officers to re- remember that uh, it should be striking that everything in the world right now is doing its level best to drive you away from that foundation to keep you from going back to basics and drilling back into that sturdy footing of why you're doing what you're doing. The question needs to be why. And, you know, I remind officers that, you know, we're told we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. This isn't about that other person. What is it about? It's about these other spiritual forces. Unseen. If you, if you were created as a spirit before you, and then that spirit was then placed into a bodily form, why is it so hard to believe that while you're walking on the earth and carrying out your, your responsibilities, that there are other evil spirits that are trying to keep you from carrying that out? Well, you know, most <clears throat> legitimately, truly, most officers believe that there is spirits of evil because they see them they see it. in the eyes of humans That's right. that have done horrible, horrendous things. Uh, I remember uh, talking to detectives, especially homicide detectives that have had to do interviews. And, um, and, they're, and, and they're asking me or talking to me about it because it, it really bothered them that they looked in this human's eyes and they saw something else. Someone, there's, their words were, I, I saw somebody else in there. Yeah. I knew it wasn't this person. Right. I'd interviewed them several times, and every time I would see this other person in their eyes, 
they would change. Their demeanor would change. Uh, Pastor, what is that? Mm -hmm. Chaplain, what is that? Well, it's demons. Mm -hmm. It's an unseen power, yet it manifests through humans to do these grotesque evil things. Well, you know, I, I think that is one of the things that horrible, horrific tragedies remind all of us of, right? That evil truly does exist oh, yeah. in this world. Um, you know, and I, I heard somebody recently say, but such bad times call for good people. There you go. And again, who does that calling? There you go. Right? And if, and if you've been chosen to do this job... Um, uh, I hope that the remnant revealed the, these discussions help those folks drive back to their foundation and stand strong in the middle of the storm because right. uh, everything is is critically dependent on them being able to do that. But here's here's <clears throat> here's the key. Having said all that, the spoiler alert is you can't do it in your own strength. No, no, you you're no you you are no competition. For this evil power. That's right. And on your own. That's it. In the flesh. And invariably, every mm -hmm. officer makes that, they stumble upon that discovery. Right. And that's where officers get either completely disillusioned. That's right. Because they suddenly realize, I can't do this by right. myself. Right? As good as I thought I was, as tactically sound as I think I am, as uh, much as I try to prepare my mind mm -hmm. for the things that I may see, I can't do this yeah. alone. You get overwhelmed. And so at that point, um, officers are really faced with the proverbial <laughs> fork in the road, right? Are you right. going to go down the path of just being disillusioned and falling, uh, being another victim, falling victim to this profession? Or are you going to drill into what really is the foundation of why you're here and what you're called to do? And when we see officers doing that, we see miraculous um, moves of God that occur through them that take our communities back and uh, fight back the evil one that exists in this world. Well, they take communities back, families back, their family back, their marriage back, uh, even in their own personal lives. You see great change. That's right. You know, you can hide the the very first thing that Adam did when he was separated from the presence of God in the Garden of Eden after he and Eve blew it, right? After he blew it, the very first thing he did was he went and he hid. God's come walking through the garden like he had every day with Adam. And he said, Adam, where are you? He was hiding. Mm -hmm. An officer, a human being, can hide themselves pretty well. Um, you and I have both had very precious people that we've loved and known that uh, have committed suicide mm -hmm. because of the job, because of what they were involved in, because of their life. They were good at hiding. People were concerned, but nobody believed or thought they would do what they did. So you can hide the fractures, the pain, and the hurt very well, uh, but it will charge you and cost you a price if you're not careful, and it can be your life. I think one of the powerful things about R&R &R is that our voice, you and I talking and sharing, is really the voice 
of God speaking to men and women to say, you don't have to hide the pain. There's an answer to it. We know you're tough on the outside. We know you're tough mentally. But you also have to have that foundational stability rock on the inside to withstand the kind of pressure. Not only are you under, I'd love to tell you as a great Bible man that it's going to get better, but I can take you to every scripture to tell you that it's going to get more intense. And our men and women need God in their life. They need the power of God in their life to strengthen them. And he's the only one that called you. He's the only one that can help you. So, well, and I think the example that you just gave, and you know, I think people sometimes miss this when God, uh, called out to Adam and he said, where are you? God knew where he was, sure right? He so it wasn't a, he wasn't asking because he, he didn't know, right. right? He was asking because he was reminding Adam, right? Of yeah. the separation that, that was created between him and the one that, that formed him. That right. Made him, blew his breath of life into his. Breath. That's right. And so I think, uh, <clears throat> that's where officers hit a struggle is they hear that quiet voice constantly calling out to them. Where are you? Yeah. Where are you? And reminding them you're getting further and further away from the one who actually chose you to do this. And you're covering that up and you're burying yourself and you're hiding yourself again yeah. in that nice truck in that nice home on the vacation and then but every time you feel just a little bit more empty that's right and so uh i know my goal in this is that we have watched too many um officers fall victim again to to the uh to the pressures of of this job and is to try to give them a relief valve some kind of um some kind of a help to patch them up and, and get them going again. And uh, I know for a fact that that we can't do that. And that's, that's the key, right? We're not doing that. We're not helping them. We're just simply pointing them back to the one who can. That's what we're doing. So um, we keep uh, moving right along here, right? Yeah, we, keep, we are. We keep, uh, we keep growing and, and changing a little bit here. One of the acknowledge the fact that we're in a little uh, different environment in transition with uh, the uh, the uh, the place that we're sitting and talking about all these things we're right. trying different things we've added the nice lights we've got one that went out but that's okay um, and uh, we're that's sad yeah <laughs> so um, but, we only have a red one on but we're uh, we're what, what happened to the blue one where'd <laughs> our producer go we're we're, uh, we're motoring <clears throat> right along though and and uh, what's important is what we're uh, talking about here and the and the message that we're sharing with folks I think um, we're hearing from some officers that you know really if nothing else just highlighting um, the the help I, I should say the hope that exists for them uh, in what seems like a hopeless situation, we're seeing officers respond to that. Oh, big time. One after the other of yep. at least saying, exciting. hey, you know, there's got to be something more. Yep, and it is exciting. You so know, I, talk I, more about this. Um, about the calling thing. Yeah, and according yeah. to who. Yeah, Jer you know, I mentioned Jeremiah, and uh, we were talking about how God knew him from the womb and, and destined him. Um, it reminded me of Winston Churchill, you know, the great, English leader during World War II, mm -hmm. 
uh, because at eight years old in school, he was asked, what, what are you going to do with your life? He had to write an essay. Mm-hmm. And, and he wrote that he would help that, that the nation or England would have a great calamity and he would rise up and lead her through into victory, something along that lines. I mean, at eight years old, he had a sense of the destiny of his life. And if you read his life story, you'll see that he fulfilled that and much more. But Joshua was a great general in the Bible. And he his calling came uh, from being appointed. Mm-hmm. Some people are appointed. They, they, they feel a sense of appointment mm-hmm. as though someone said, hey, I need you to do this. You, this is this is needed. Come and follow this. I remember one uh, one officer told me uh, he was a long term officer, been on thirty years, and he said, "I almost had a sense." And he and he used this phrase. Said, "You know the the Uncle Sam posters that would point yeah. and say Uncle Sam needs you." Yeah. He said, "I I had a sense that a finger was pointing at me, telling me." This is what you need to do. This is going to be the course of your life. An appointment. Mm-hmm. Joshua was appointed by Moses to be the general. But he also went out and did the warfare. Hands on. In the battle. Hot and heavy. You know. And, uh, and then I think of King David. One of the greatest warriors in the whole Bible. This guy was vicious. I mean, he was a great king, but he was a great warrior. Defender, right? Great defender, great lover of God. Mm-hmm. And he was called, he was tending sheep. But but there was something about the fight. There was something about the injustice. Uh, the story in Samuel, in the book of Samuel, is that he shows up and the one nation is ready to go to war on one side, Israel's on the other side. And this great champion called Goliath comes out into the middle of the, of the valley. Been to that area many times. And here's the David. actual area. Yeah, the actual area. Yeah, so I've been there. That's a, that's a real it place. It actually exists. It this exists. This isn't a made-up fairy tale no, story, huh? No, it exists. Hmm. And, and, and here's David, and he shows up. Well, everybody else is sitting up on the hillside. A whole army, along with King Saul, sitting on the hillside. Now, they're military men. They know what to do. They know how to fight, but they're facing a challenge that they have never faced before, and everybody's frozen. Here comes David. He's like, why are you letting this guy talk like that? Hmm. Why are you letting him talk against the law, against our nation? Call us names. Deal with us. I'll go take care of business. So he is called by God, but he has a sense of the injustice of this challenge that is being railed against them, railed against their nation. Some officers feel the call because I remember how many of them told me they got into law enforcement after 9-11. Right. Because that moment of such devastation, they're like, hey, that I can't stand. Military men and officers have yeah. told me I had to go. Yeah. I just, I knew in my heart that was my call. I could not let that injustice take place. 
against our nation. I could not stand and allow other people to be wounded, hurt, and battered. I knew I had to be a part of doing something about it, being a part of a team that would do a part of a brother that would do something about that. They answered that call. That was their moment. That was their time of call. I've been sitting with officers just asking them, hey, what, what did you say? What were the words that you said when you went to the academy? Almost all of them have a story to tell about that, but also it makes their face change. <clears throat> if they're sitting with you and they're looking kind of gruff or kind of ill or depressed or whatever, all of a sudden their face softens and changes when they start remembering that call. Mm-hmm. The disciples, not only were they called, but they were chosen. Now, Jesus walked by. These guys are doing a whole different career. They got fishermen, IRS agents. <laughs> I mean, you got you know tax collector. Tax collector. Yeah. You have a a, a zealot. Uh, he's kind of a a uh, underground military guy at that at that time. You have uh, all these men that Jesus walks by, and he and he calls and he says, "Hey, you come follow me." Some people have law enforcement that's run throughout their whole family, right? Right. Their whole genealogy is filled with law enforcement officers, people who've had that deep call, but also chosen, shifted from another career. Some of you officers watching this, uh, you, you just think you chose it as a career, you were doing something that seemed exciting, but... We want to tell you, uh, really, the call of God on your life is just the same as the call of anybody else, whether it's a burning bush or you felt a sense of destiny from the womb. You don't do this job without a call and survive it, period. That's right. You, You can't. The pressure, the tension, all the issues of life, the human existence doesn't have the strength to uphold and stand under that without having a deep sense of call. And even if you were in another career, but you made a shift and you started doing this great job because of that shift, this call is evident on your life. Well, so you got to get back to that. You have to. And and I think what's important to remember is you can go back to, to this book as we've been talking about and talking about how to work through it when sometimes, uh, well, all the time, what is great about it is that it reminds you that something that was written maybe even thousands of years ago applies to you as though Still it was relevant. written directly to you Still for relevant. today. Yep. While you were talking, I was looking at this in the book of uh, Romans. In chapter eleven, there is a there is a phrase that it, it, it again really written to our law enforcement officers that really stresses that so too at the present time there is a remnant that was chosen by grace, right? Mm-hmm. And what that's saying is uh, you're not here by accident. It, it it wasn't by accident that you were born and exist and in a time of challenge such as what we're facing today. That's right. It's not by accident that you were called to stand on that thin blue line which separates evil from good, you know, anarchy 
from order. Right. Uh, it wasn't by accident. And if you are remind yourself, or better yet, allow this word to remind you that um, so too in this present time, you were called to be here. You were chosen for this task. You this 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 call was placed into your spirit to carry out to be, really be the guardian of good. Um, and at the same time, knowing that you can't do it by yourself, the very one that chose you, called you, and put this into your spirit will also be the very one that will be standing right alongside of you when you're facing that Goliath in your career, uh, on your shift, uh, in that moment in time. Uh, he's going to take care of you, and he's going to equip you with what you need to overcome that. Yeah, the word grace means heaven's help. Hmm. So you were chosen, but also graced. He will grace you to do this help. When we use the word anointing or, or grace, it's heaven's help. Hmm. Uh, and, and man, do we need heaven's help today? It's God's help working in your life. Well, how many times do you know how has an officer been in the middle of something and the tide turns in a way in their favor and they later tell you, but I, I, I can't explain that. I mean, yeah. uh, I shouldn't have survived that. I shouldn't have walked away from that. Right. I shouldn't have made it through. And invariably what they recognize is that was, a that was a God moment. You know, we always talk about there's, a, there's no atheist in foxholes, right? Doesn't mean that atheists can't fight and do right. try to do good and all these other things. What it means is that when you're in that foxhole and you're in the middle of the battle and you realize you can't do it in your own strength, that is the moment when you realize that there is something bigger than you, but also bigger than the challenge you face. And that if you fall back on that. Just like our training, we don't rise to the occasion. We fall back on our level of training, right? You don't, you don't rise above these challenges that are bigger than you. You fall back on the one that's bigger than the challenges. That's right. That's right. And brother, I'm telling you, when officers see that and they plug into that and they get into this versus, this is what I say to officers, when you, you can get into this and, and realize that for yourself, or what? Spend some more time on Facebook, Twitter, right? Are you yeah, like that's not going to make you more depressed? And how's that filling you more up? Attacked? That's right. Yeah, thank you. How's that filling you up? How's that working out for you? Um, we all know it's not. Yeah. Um, so maybe, just maybe, there's something to this. Oh, it ain't no maybe. <laughs> not on my part. I'm telling you. Uh, I had to, I had to find him too. Yeah. And, uh, and he will change, strengthen. Uh, please don't make my God out to be a sissy. Hmm. Let me tell everybody right now, straight up front. Our God is, a, he, the Bible says he's a God of war. He knows war. He understands war. He understands warfare. And even though the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, um, they are spiritual in nature. Uh, don't make my God out to be some wimpy little sissy guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he is not. Uh, he was and is and will always be the strength for all of eternity. He's powerful. He's strong. He is mighty in battle, the Bible says. Um, um, 
And not a God that seeks battle, no. right? He's no. a God of peace. He's a, he's, he's a God of, um, of uh, uh, great strength, right? But strength through, peace through that strength. That's right. Meaning uh, he is going to guard uh, all that is good. You know, sometimes I think officers, especially when we have a tragedy, a line of duty death, you know, lose a, lose a comrade, if you will. You know, sure. one of the things that officers fall into the trap of is if God is so good, how could he let something so bad like this happen? This officer wasn't out here doing bad. They were doing good and they were trying to fight the ones who were doing bad right. and they died. We lost them and the, and the, and the bad guy lives on. How, how is there justice in that? Right. And I think here again, it's important to remind folks, remember what I was just saying. It reminds us that evil truly exists. And so to discount the fact of the evil one who will do anything and everything to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. Um, I didn't make those words up. That comes from this book. It tells us that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, it also means that uh, God is going to empower uh, individuals uh, in this world to stand the line and, and, and when need be fight that evil. That's right. And, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, then you see some, uh, awesome power that exists. And just as much as you see awesome power in a sense of peace upon someone, um, who, who's, who's fulfilling that calling. I'm excited. It's a great time. Well, I think we stay at it and, you know, really, you know, in, in, in further discussions, I'd like to, us to, to really drive back into, you know, I, I was, I was I, at the beginning of this, I was referring to how um, an officer uh, gets to that fork in the road and they see that they're empty. They see they've been torn up, damaged by this job and this profession, and quite frankly, let down by it. You know, uh, in law enforcement, we have uh, uh, t tools that we can run to, like a, like a trauma kit, right? To to right. tend to our wounds, heal us, preserve our lives. What I want to take some time in doing is maybe talk about how this book right here can be our, a trauma kit for our spirit. Oh, yeah. And if we're talking that ultimately it's when our spirit is violated and torn apart, which is really what evil is after, strip away all the fleshly stuff and destroy the spirit. Um, how do we uh, ensure that our officers have that kit, that trauma kit for their spirit, where they can uh, preserve it and heal it? Tremendous. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's Me keep too. this going and uh, and uh, keep talking this through. I know that our officers need it. I know they're responding to it. And, uh, again, I just want to encourage uh, any officers uh, – spouses especially but children and family members you know sometimes a lot of times actually we forget about the parents of officers right who um who uh raised their child i i heard a parent recently say you know um never did i imagine that my little boy that my little girl would be standing there in that uniform yeah and um and doing and doing what they're doing um and then especially for those parents that tragically lose their child uh, as a result of the, the profession and the calling that was on their life. Um, invariably, what you hear them say is, I have peace in that because I know they were doing what they were called to do. They were doing something that they loved. That's right. And the pride that they feel um, of having their child uh, stand up when no one else would and uh, fight back against that evil. I think it's important for us to reflect upon that.
very important to reflect upon that. And don't forget, Jesus had parents too. Yeah, great point. And Jesus, uh, his parents, his mama watched him go through not only life, but also through the cross. Uh, also had to put her hope and trust in the same resurrection power. Wow. But she watched him be beaten. She watched him be nailed to a cross. She watched him be crucified, which is a literal historical event. Um, so she, she knew had to ver- see all of that. She knew very well the pain of sacrifice. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and wept over him and for him, and then also had to find him as her bedrock of salvation. So, man, this, this, is, uh, this is good stuff. It's exciting stuff. And oh. I, believe, uh, I believe we're, I, I know even from testimony of officers who have talked to us and called and uh, text and sent emails, um, this is having a great strength and help upon their yeah. lives. There's nobody so, else I'd rather be doing this with. Oh, so, uh, man, bless you. Thanks right. for doing it, and let's keep Thank it going. Thank you for doing it. It's exciting. I love people. I love coppers. It's a blessing. Remnant revealed. Remnant revealed. We're, we're pulling the cover back. There you go. Bless you, my friend. Same to you.